Good morning. We're live on the air. This is the Magellan Show. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is the first, can you believe it? The first of September 2015. And I am ready. I don't know about you, but I am so ready for fall to get here. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's time. It's time because I don't know about you, maybe where you live, the summer has has not been so bad, but around here it's just been really, really hot. And so I think it's time. I think it's time for a break. Of course, just because it's September 1 doesn't mean that things cool down right away. And technically, fall is not till the 23rd, so we will still have some hot days, but at least we know it's, it's kind of a, I don't know, maybe it's a psychological thing to know that we're at least into a new calendar month uh, in which fall will officially begin uh, just about three weeks from now. This is the Magellan Show. Our live number is 646-929-0709. And uh, have a little issues, technical issues with our startup intro music. There, we'll have to work on that. The six four six nine two nine zero seven zero nine is our live number. The playback number is seven one two seven seven five seven zero three nine. The access code is three two seven seven five six pound. I also want to let you know that you can follow us on social media at Dinar Intel on uh, on Twitter, and uh, you can also follow us at Real Magellan. That's our other uh, Twitter feed as well. So uh, we uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Check us out. Don't forget, you can also you can also get on iTunes, and you can download our podcast or subscribe to our podcast. Absolutely free. Uh, Just type in The Magellan Show. uh, You'll find us over there, and uh, we do appreciate your listening. If you want to email us, our email address is contact at MagellanShow.com. Thanks so much for for all that you do for listening. We do appreciate that uh, very much. Well, thank IQDcalls.com for posting our podcast. We do appreciate that, as well as all the other websites out there that are doing the very same thing. We we certainly appreciate that. Uh, I said several weeks ago that we would be having a, uh, a giveaway, and we'll be doing that actually the day after tomorrow. So remember, I also said that there would be some clues, and you've got to... You've got to look up those clues to be eligible to win, plus we be the right caller. Uh, but I'm going to give you a couple of those clues right now before we get started. And the first one is uh, understanding the capitals of, of Iraq. Understanding the capitals of Iraq. Uh, you, want to, uh, you want to take a look at three of these because I'll be asking uh, one of them. And uh, uh, first of all, uh, you need to research and see what the capital is of Kurdistan. 
also what the capital is of of uh, of the Ambar province. What's the capital of Kurdistan, and what's the capital of the Ambar province? I will be asking the question of one of those during the next broadcast. So make sure that you look that up. I'll be asking one of the two. So be on your toes there. The other question, because we're doing two of these, is uh, who was the previous governor of the Central Bank of Iraq and who is the current governor of the Central Bank of Iraq? Uh, That's another clue. So be watching that. And uh, jot those down. Do Do some reading up on that. And we will be asking those questions on the next show. So uh, do your uh, do your research and uh, good luck to you and be the right caller. And uh, and you must be at least 18 years of age or older in any giveaway. All right. Well, let's go ahead now and get into our show and see what is happening. We're going to go to our website, MagellanShow.com, for the latest news and information. A lot of stories happening. I want to take a look at the markets right now. Uh, They've taken a bit of a tumble. Looking at the the New York Stock Exchange. Right now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 316 points. The NASDAQ is down 68. S&P 500 down 36. The Dow is a little bit off the lows of the session, but not by much. We we are oh, just a, less, a little less than two hours into the trading day, about an hour and 45 minutes into the trading day, and already stocks are down 316 points. Many believe that we would probably see this as this is the first day of September Asia took quite a tumble last night, well, our last night, which uh, was already Monday for them. Looking at some of those headlines, uh, it was uh, it was quite a story there. But just looking looking at, at CNBC right now, this is a uh, live situation here. As we look at the market, all the major Asian indices took a hit last night, especially the Nikkei. Looking at the final numbers, bear with me just a moment as we pull up that feed. As I said, the Nikkei... uh, took the worst hit, but also Shanghai uh, took a little bit of a tumble as well. And some are saying that it's not just Asia, but that it's also the impact that the Fed, the U.S. Federal Reserve, is having on the rest of the world's uh, major major uh, uh, markets. And and I, I believe that that is the case. That, that's why 
That's why we're seeing a lot of this. You can't just have this kind of quantitative easing, this kind of printing of money that the Fed is doing, and expect uh, expect a good result from it. It just it just doesn't happen that way. And I think to believe that we can continue on just business as usual is uh, well, it's it's irresponsible and it's it's irrational and quite frankly we are living in a dreamlike state if we believe that we can continue to, to pursue these these type of, of, of irresponsible action. It just will not happen. As I was saying the Nikkei took quite a hit down seven hundred and twenty four points last night which will be uh, on their trading for today, Tuesday. Shanghai, not quite as bad a situation, uh, down 40. And then uh, in Hong Kong, the HSI, down 485. These drops in order from a percentage point up to almost four percentage points. So today, the headline, the market skips on weak China manufacturing, Dow under 300. China data suggests economy headed for hard landing. And yet again, the NYSC invokes Rule 48. We talked about that last week. It's very rare, very rare, in fact, that the, the NYSC would invoke that rule yet again. And that is is something that they put in place to to control this kind of volatility. Because sometimes we'll see, even in these corrections, we'll see the, the big players come in and create what I call a false bull run, trying to make some money in the process of everything. It can get ugly there. It can get ugly. Now, again, this Rule 48 is to preempt panic trading at the stock market open on Tuesday after implementing it three times in a row last week. The goal of Rule 48 is to ensure orderly trading amid financial market turbulence. It's only used in the event that that extremely high market volatility is likely to have a floor-wide panic on the ability of design market makers to disseminate price indications before the bell. Unlike a circuit breaker that stops stock trading, Rule 48 speeds up the opening by suspending the requirement that stock prices be announced at the market open. Those prices have to be approved by stock market floor managers before trading actually begins. Without that approval, stock trading can begin sooner. So this is very rare that they do this, but yet in the last couple of weeks, They've done it this many times, and they're doing it again today because they're very concerned. Now, do you think they're going to get on CNBC uh, or any of the major uh, television programs or websites, Fox Business or Bloomberg, and just bluntly and boldly say, we are, we're freaking out here? Well, probably not, but even they – cannot 
keep a lid on this, and that's that's why that's why everything is in havoc right now. And I'll tell you this, and this was a story that that we broke on Twitter just over the last couple of days, you know, since our last show, and that is this: that China, the Chinese government specifically, has in effect given up. See, they were pumping money into their market, and I reported on this. I said, I said that I said that China is the biggest investor in the Chinese stock market. But now they said, we're not doing it anymore. We give up. They gave up. This is true. This, this, this China. This, this is what we broke. Well, on the thirtieth of August, day before yesterday, China to abandon attempts to boost its own stock market. They said, we can't do it anymore. They had put billions and billions of dollars into their market, trying to keep it afloat. Beijing said, we're not going to do this anymore on large-scale purchases. And get this, they collectively spent about $200 billion, a lot of money, trying to prop up a market that's still been down 37%, more than a third, since its mid-June peak. And here we are in the United States with our own set of market problems. And they're real. Dow Jones Industrial Average, looking at the at the numbers right now, still hovering around the 300 mark, just a little under 293.53 at the moment. But we're just like I said, barely two hours into the trading day. This could this this could could get very serious by the end of the day, or of course it could turn around, and we've seen it do that. But psychologically, would not be the best sign for the month and going into this month of September. We'll be watching it. But let's get into some other stories as well. Uh, stories making headlines. So many things to talk about today. And we want to keep you informed. But again, uh, you know, just the market's dominating the news media right now. Asian stocks declined on weak U.S. finish. China uh, twin PMIs. Rule 48 put in place as well. Uh, Ron Paul speaking out on the market issues as well, saying that the Fed has a lot to do with it. In other words, it's not just China, but it is the Fed. And, well, I would agree with the former congressman there. There's another blast in China, very very suspicious, shall we say, at a uh, Dongying chemical plant. This is the second one that we've heard about in recent times. Very mysterious 
chemical factory exploded in eastern China, killing one person. State-run local news website re- reported Tuesday, nearly three weeks after a massive chemical war warehouse explosions in the country exposed lax enforcement of safety regulations. The Dongying News website, which is run by the Dongying City Government, said the factory in Linjin County in Shandong Province exploded at 11.22 p.m. local time on Monday, and the fire was brought under control about five hours later. It's a huge blast. As you, as you see it on the screen here, it's, uh, it's just, it just leaves you, like, awestruck. I mean, it, it's tr- we're talking about a tremendous blast here. Tremendous blast. Authorities are investigating wrongdoing in in the whole blast uh, aftermath. They've detained 12 company employees and executives and 11 government officials. Yeah, I would definitely say this looks like foul play here, if there ever was. Russia and U.S. on collision course in Syria. Looking at this article, courtesy of Infowars.com, Russian presence in Syria will increase the likelihood of encounters with the United States, I'll say. Yes, that is so true because we have, for the last couple of years, been having these encounters with the Assad regime in Syria. You know, and some people like to kind of disconnect themselves from all these things that are happening in the world, and I I wish we could, but unfortunately we can't. And I remember reporting this on, on my program. Well, it was almost two years ago when things were escalating in Syria, and it looked like that war was imminent. But Russia was not saying a whole lot at the mo- at that moment. But I I remember telling you all that it's important that we remember that Russia and Syria are allies. Allies take care of each other. During a speech Sunday at the Citadel in South Carolina, Republican presidential hopeful Scott Walker said ISIS would not be defeated in Syria until the government of Bashar al-Assad is brought down. But that government uh, is part of Syria, and Syria is an ally with with Russia. Walker said, so, so long as Syrian President Bashar al-Assad is still in power and Iran, his patron, has a base of operations in Damascus. ISIS will not be defeated. But let me be clear, defeating ISIS and rolling back Iran will require greater investment of U.S. resources, Walker said. Therefore, we must do more to recruit and support fighters in Syria who oppose both ISIS and Assad. Earlier this month, the Obama administration authorized the use of airstrikes to counter ISIS in Syria, but Obama's policy on Syria has prompted criticism 
are Republicans, Democrats alike, many of whom want a more robust response to the terrorist group. The U.S. airstrikes, however, will soon face competition from Russia. These politicians are going to be very careful, my friends, extremely careful, because we are tangling with a major superpower. A major superpower. And I think this could get out of hand really fast. Western diplomats say a Russian uh, expeditionary force has arrived in Syria and will operate according to the and will operate according to the Israeli website Ynet as a Russian forward operating base. In the coming weeks, thousands of Russian military personnel are to set uh, to touch down in Syria, including advisors, instructors, logistics personnel, technical personnel, members of the Aerial Protection Division, and the pilots who will operate the aircraft. Writes Alex Fishman. I don't. I don't think they get it, or maybe they do get it, but they don't care. This, in the next few weeks, could change the world as we know it forever, because Russia is going to get its full-scale military operations in place just in the, in the next few weeks. But. We don't care uh, what, what what you know the repercussions of that could be. Russia has a powerful military force, and you go back on my shows, and I'm trying to think when this was—if it was September or October of 2013—and I was talking about the seriousness of this whole situation because it looked like it was heating up even then, but more so now, a lot more now. Because Russia is not just talking, they're 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 starting to act. And Vladimir Putin, whether you like him or not, is uh he's he's a he's a brilliant leader. And he he he's a seasoned politician and he knows what he's doing. He's very patient, but very deliberate and uh, very, very tactical in his maneuvers. And, you know, our our president is likely leading us into a hornet's nest. And, and I know we're just scratching the surface with what we're talking about here. We truly are. They say, well, we've, you know, we've got to defeat ISIS. Look, ISIS is everywhere, and they're out of control. And radical Islam is is taking over. And I'll say that you know if you want to if you want to defeat radical Islam, then why not start start shutting down their social media pages? Why not 
why not get you know why not get involved in in, in ways like that you know there, there's a start why not why not really be be more uh, more restrictive on who you allow to come into this country you know to, to, before they immigrate here i mean that that's how they took over Lebanon because you, you had you had these these radicals that that would come in and would have these large families and would 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 eventually become the dominant force and the dominant religion wherever wherever they would go. They want to establish Sharia, yes. They want to establish Caliphate, yes. I totally get that. But we are also looking at something much more serious and biblical. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, I believe it's the 17th chapter, that Damascus, that Damascus will cease from being a city. Now, Damascus is one of the oldest cities in the world. I mean, it goes back thousands of years, thousands of years. But it says it would cease from being a city, that it would become a ruinous heap. So it really goes into to major major detail here on, on what would happen to Damascus. But it's not just Damascus uh, and Syria that I am I am so worried about. It's it's our own country, the United States of America, that we are on the brink of going to war with one of the the strongest superpowers in the world, and we're just taking it, sitting down like it's no big deal, no big deal. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, like there's this there's this uh, photo circulating circulating social media, and it was, it was like a modern day Titanic going down, and uh, and and the folks that that they knew they were going down, as as the ship was going down, they were taking selfies, I guess, to to upload and post to Facebook. You know, that's kind of, that's kind of, well, it speaks volumes. Uh, no offense to you folks who take selfies, but you, you get what I'm saying. I mean, this, this is where we're at. I, I, we're just kind of like zombies now. We just don't even, we don't even, you know, most people, if you ask most people, I, I mean, seriously, if you ask most people, you know, Who's the president of uh, Who's the president of Russia? Or where is Russia? You know, uh, or or what's the capital of of uh, of England? Or uh, what's the capital of your own state? Many people, I would say, dare to say that that more than fifty one percent of those people wouldn't even be able to give you the right answer. And, I, and it's not because they have some learning disability. 
because they can they can name every single player of just about every sports team. Uh, and and, and nothing, nothing there's anything wrong with that, but it just shows you where your priorities are. And it shows you just that people don't care. They don't care be, uh, where the fact that, that we are on the, on the brink of war in Syria because many of them don't, don't, they have no regard. They don't even know where Syria is. They don't know who Assad is or uh, who Putin is or, uh, or, or where Damascus is. And I don't want to sound harsh, but but listen again to what I'm I'm saying here. In the coming weeks, thousands of Russian military personnel are said to touch down in Syria, including advisors, instructors, logistics personnel, technical personnel, members of the Aerial Protection Division, and the pilots who will operate the aircraft. That's all the makings of of a warlike fleet. And we're there too. See, all we've had to deal with over there right now are the local uh, fighters and, and tribesmen. But now they're getting reinforcements. Let me put it in, in terms that that make a lot of sense. So if if if, if the if the United Kingdom, the UK. Or Canada, or or some some ally of ours, were in the middle of a conflict. Don't you think eventually we would be there, our military? Absolutely. The same thing. I said this. I said it two years ago, almost two years ago. And, you know, there was some time. We bought some time. But it appears that the time is running out. I know I'm speaking about this in in, in great detail and at length, but it's it's just because it's just because I, I see the graveness of this, and I just want to do my best to wake people up. move on from that story now. Uh, new polls reveal race for the White House scrambled once again. You know, it looks like Hillary Clinton might not get the Democratic nomination. It's, it's very possible. Yeah, you know, everyone thought that Hillary was the inevitable candidate. But I believe that what we're seeing here is that is that her her own party is beginning to turn on her, and we're seeing others come into play and uh, making a lot of headway. The race for the White House is getting scrambled once again. A series of new polls shows Hillary Clinton losing ground on the Democratic side and an unexpected contender surging on the Republican side. Now, just before we continue with this article, I'll just remind you that Bernie Sanders is the other candidate in the, on the Democratic side of things. 
New poll from the Des Moines Register shows Democratic support for Hillary Clinton has shrunk by 20 points since May, from 57% to 37%. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders is now right on her heels at 30%. And the Vice President Joe Biden, who hasn't officially said he's going to run, is at 14%. Another new Iowa poll from uh, Monmouth University shows two non-politicians are now dominating the GOP field. Neurosurgeon Ben Carson has polled even at 23% with businessman Donald Trump. Now, even though Donald Trump is doing better in the national polls, remember, Iowa is a big part of this, a big part of this thing. And that will be uh, getting underway uh, early early 2016. Carson says, I had an incredible medical career. And he says he's been blessed uh, in so many ways. And, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Carson is also one of the few Republicans who hasn't had to fend off one of Trump's trademark attacks. Uh, we're also seeing that many of the other candidates are are losing momentum, like Jeb Bush. In fact, Carson spends little time attacking anyone. Reporters at a recent Colorado event said that's why they like him. He is saying the same things that Donald Trump is saying, but he's a kind, gentle soul, as one said. And Carson's favorability rating in the Iowa poll was an eye popping 81%, the highest in the GOP field. But even Trump, a once polarizing figure, is now viewed favorably by more than 50% of Republican voters there. Got a long ways to go. I mean, this is only September now. A long ways to go before all this is said and done. But it's interesting to watch this. Uh, but will there be a lot of a lot of uh a lot of turmoil and a lot of, of, of upheaval between now and then? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we've got a bumpy ride uh over the next year or so until the you know, we're 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 fourteen months out until the general election. Got a ways to go. Well, the Pope is coming to a city near you. Well, if you live in the Northeast, I know he's going to be traveling to uh, Pennsylvania, New York, probably Washington, D.C., of course, Washington, D.C., because he'll be in New York for the United Nations, uh, meeting, and also he will be in D.C. for a joint session uh, of Congress, where he will be speaking before a joint session of Congress. That's coming up in about three weeks from now, and many of us are wondering what he's going to talk about. I know that climate change and carbon taxes, carbon taxes and how, you know, we're just destroying the planet, which is actually what Obama has been talking about, even more so lately. Uh, recent trip to Alaska, he's been talking about 
you know, just how we are destroying the planet. Yeah, and, uh, you know, every time he takes off an Air Force One, I'm sure it, it uh, has its share of pollution, too, more than what the average American will contribute in a lifetime. But, uh, as I said, the Pope's visit will be an historic one. Uh, first time a Pope has ever spoken for before a joint session of Congress and and... And I, I think it's I think it's going to be a, a game changer, and not necessarily for the better, but that it, that it w- we will see a shift. This pope has been very vocal on political issues, uh, social issues, etc. Just uh, just in, in recent hours, uh, just in the last few hours, a breaking story out of the Vatican that the pope has now given for this year for a limited time only the authority of not just bishops to bishops, but to all priests, the authority to forgive women who have had abortions. Apparently, the, uh, you know, the the shed blood of Christ who died on the cross for the sins of the entire world, as, as John the Baptist said, the Lamb of God, apparently that's not sufficient to forgive the sins of, of someone who sincerely comes and asks for forgiveness. But now, according to the pontiff, that all priests have the authority, just for this year, to forgive women who have had abortions. Now, I'm very much pro-life, and I believe that, uh, that abortion is wrong, but I also believe that the Lord can forgive any sin if we if we come to Him. The Bible says this that He that He that He's faithful to to forgive us uh, of our sins and our unrighteousness as far as the east is from the west. That's how far He has removed our transgressions from us. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But this is this is more of an example of how the Pope is saying to the world, it's not just about abortion. You know, it could be it could be any sin, but it's it, it's the way that that the Pope is saying, look, I make those decisions. I will sit in the temple of God, and will will make decrees as though I am. And I will tell you when sin can be forgiven and when it can't be. And look, uh, some some Catholics might might be totally on board with what the Pope is saying, but I will say this, that there are many conservative Catholics that have been troubled by many of his recent remarks. But he's been very vocal, and I believe that that you will see, again, some ma- major shifts and some some major things take place at the time of of his speech um, in late September at the United Nations and at our own Congress it, it could be uh, it could be historical so we will be watching that story as uh, as it makes headlines 
anti-police rhetoric out of control, cops' lives matter also, according to Texas Sheriff. And, and it, it is getting out of control. You're, you're seeing marches around the country. I'm talking about just going extreme, calling for violence on cops in these marches. And you've got activists who are fanning the flames, like like Louis Farrakhan, and 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 calling for uh, violence on on uh, on white people. And and we're we're seeing the the flames being being fanned. We're, we are seeing an escalation. And when you see this, and when you begin to really know these hot buttons, and and and, and just really how to how to push these buttons, then you witness an escalation in violence. And when you see an escalation in violence, then you can you can begin to implement your strategy, the Hegelian dialectic, which basically in this case is saying we want, we want to implement more control. We want to be able to, to implement whatever we need to do to subdue a situation. Why? Because maybe we want more, uh, maybe we want stricter gun laws. Maybe we want more of a militaristic police. And so, the way that we can justify those means is by having this kind of civil unrest. Yeah, this kind of civil unrest, well, it calls for stronger actions. And it's those stronger actions that they wanted anyway. This is what the Hegelian dialectic is. In in other words, you want more militaristic policing, you want you want more uh, government control. You you want more. Uh, you want more uh, dominant rule in every way. Create a problem, and then watch it stem out of control. Moving on to some other news stories, making headlines. Defiant Kentucky clerk loses same-sex marriage license fight. This has uh, been a uh, a big story, and CBS News is reporting it. The Rowan County Kentucky clerk Kim Davis shows emotions as she is cheered by a gathering crowd of supporters during a rally on the steps of the Kentucky State Capitol in Frankfort, Kentucky. The Supreme Court has ruled against her, saying that, that her faith, her Christian faith, uh, that, that, that it's not enough, that, that just because she's a Christian, that that uh, should not prevent her or impede her from carrying out her duties, and that as long as she keeps her job as county clerk, that she must continue to perform and to to uh, to give her uh, green light on issuing these same-sex marriage licenses. So the court has spoken, and 
she really has one of two choices. She either needs to quit her job, and if she doesn't, then she could face a major fine or jail time. In the last two months since the court legalized gay marriage, Davis has refused to issue any any marriage licenses, and the two gay couples and two straight couples sue Davis, arguing she must fulfill her duties as an elected official. A federal judge ordered Davis to issue the licenses, and an appeals court upheld that decision. It's not clear what she will do when the office opens on Tuesday. Her attorney has said she will pray about it overnight. The couple's attorney might ask, now ask the federal judge to uphold her to hold her in contempt of court if she continues to refuse to issue licenses. A contempt of court order could carry steep fines for jail time, just as we were saying a moment earlier. Quite a story here. You may soon be able to eat ice cream that doesn't melt. Very convenient, but you know, I I I, I don't I don't think that's going to be the healthiest thing because when you put these kinds of of chemicals to to reduce or prevent melting, well, the human body doesn't really know how to it doesn't really know how to to process it. One of the hazards of eating ice cream is having it melt all over the place, coating your fingers with sticky goo and forcing you to scramble for a pile of napkins. But scientists in Scotland may have come up with a way to keep you from having to do, to contend with that. They have identified a naturally occurring protein that allows ice cream to last longer in the heat. The protein has also been shown to reduce those annoying ice cream crystals from, from forming when ice cream sits in the freezer a little too long ensuring fine, smoother texture like those of luxury ice creams. Well, let's say this. If if Scotland is doing it, it might actually be okay because they have just recently, along with several other European nations, officially and completely banned genetically modified uh, foods, which is, is a good step. The protein known as BS1A is already used in some Southeast Asian Southeast Asian foods, including a traditional soybean breakfast dish called natto in Japan. It works by adhering to fat droplets and air bubbles, making them more stable in the mixture and preventing the ice cream from melting. But you know what, guys? Come on. Just eat your ice cream. The whole fun of it is like when you have your ice cream cone and the and the ice cream is melting, is, is the race to make sure... I mean, it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge to just, you know... To look at fast enough so that it doesn't uh, so it doesn't go everywhere, and it's kind of fun though. I mean, let's not make things so modernized that we can't just be like, you know, let's just be like it's always been. We don't always have to change everything. I mean, really. Ah, wow. So I just thought that was an interesting story. I just wanted to share it with you guys on a much lighter note. Let's take another look at the markets before we wrap things up today. The Dow is down 319 points. Follow me on Twitter, and I'll keep you updated on this until our next show, uh, which will be on Thursday, uh, 3rd of September, 
This could be an ugly day on Wall Street. It could be a very ugly day on Wall Street. We could see uh, some records here and not for the better. And who knows? But, but again, follow me on Twitter for the latest news and information. This is The Magellan Show, 712-775-7039. Again, that's 712-775-7039. That's our number. The, the PIN code or the access code is 327-756-POUND. Now remember, you can catch us at MagellanShow.com for uh, news and for uh, our archives as well as other websites that are carrying our podcast like ikdcalls.com. Our email address, contact at MagellanShow.com if you want to say hello, and we are on Twitter at RealMagellan. Don't, don't miss that. And it's a great way to stay connected, as I said. Well, have, have a good one, and uh, make it a great day. And uh, I know that uh, that when you... When you go with God, that you and God make a majority. So don't forget that. You and God make a majority. So go with God, and remember, when you do, uh, when, you, when you draw closer to him, uh, then, then he will draw closer unto you. Because he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. No matter what happens in this world, he will be with you. This is Magellan. Until Thursday, have a great one. Bye-bye for now.